Evening. It's good to be here. We have been having such a great time already. Always good to get back. We love your pastors. We love this church. Love the spirit of this place. We appreciate the freedom of the Holy Ghost. The Word and the Spirit to flow in here. We're, we're always uh, honored to be here. Amen. 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 Well, let's pray. Father, in the wonderful name of Jesus, thank you. We're so honored by your presence. Lord, we, we, uh, we're so thankful and grateful. Thank you for your presence. Thank you that we can come boldly before the throne of grace to obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Thank you that times of refreshing come from the presence of the... It's always your presence. That's always what's made the difference. And we th- we're thankful for it, Father, for your presence in here. Thank you for manifesting yourself. Holy Spirit, you're welcome. I know you're always welcome here. But yet at the same time, we honor you and we just say, Move any way you so desire by the direction of the head of the church, the Lord Jesus. Holy Ghost, thank you that you came... Uh, rushing into the world on the day of Pentecost to take charge of the church. And so we just say, go ahead and take charge. And we're grateful. Thank you, Lord. You always work together with us, confirming your word with signs following. And uh, thank you, Father. Your presence in this house always has been, always is, always will be. Thank you for your wonderful, wonderful presence, Father. <laughs> Hallelujah. Well, let's go ahead. Let's go ahead and thank him. Glory to God. Let's, let's, let's thank Him. Let's honor Him for his, for his presence. So prepare yourselves. Prepare yourselves. Don't just enjoy His presence, but also learn His ways. For it's written that uh, Israel, Israel, Israel knew the presence of the Lord. They came to watch His works, but Moses went back and discovered His ways. Learn the ways of the Spirit. And you'll find you'll always be in the right place at the right time. You'll always be doing the right thing and getting the right results. Learn the ways of the Spirit of God. For changes are coming. Changes, radical changes, are coming into the kingdom of God. Radical changes are coming into the church of the living God. Yes, even in our days, radical changes are coming. And we'll see a move in some very unusual demonstrations in unusual ways. The Spirit of God will come and and, uh, into our presence. He'll flow and He'll move in ways we've never yet come to know. Signs and wonders will be done. The church will rise up. We'll quit crawling. We'll start to run. Oh, there'll come. There'll come. There shall come a spirit of holiness upon the church again. And with holiness will come reverence. With reverence will come the miraculous. With the miraculous will come the harvest. With the harvest will come the return of Jesus. Though the greatest days are just ahead. Greatest days are just ahead. So, 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 take all the stops off. So, lean back and say, Lord, move any way you so desire. Don't put the Spirit of God in a little box where He can't do this and can't do that, and He's got to get done in 40 minutes. And No, take all the stops off the Spirit of God. And you'll see, you'll see there shall come, even in this place like never before, a flow of spiritual gifts. No, no, where there's been one, there'll be five. Where there's been two, there'll be 50. Where there's been five, there'll be 100. Gifts of the Spirit of God will begin to flow like a mighty river. Oh, yeah. Utterance gifts will begin to increase. Revelation gifts, it'll flow even in and out of the preaching. And then the power gifts will begin to flow. Special faith will come like a river. It'll come like a flood. Oh, and the church will rise up and walk more and more in the benefits of the blood. 
Oh, so uh, gird yourself up, gird up the loins of your mind, get ready for a divine flow. Because the Spirit of God and the way He moves, you will surely in the days to come, you'll come to know. <laughs> Hallelujah. Well, let's give Him thanks. Hallelujah. <laughs> Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Oh, my, my. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Ah, hallelujah. Hallelujah. <clears throat> hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Glory to God. Praise God. Thank God for the Holy Ghost. <laughs> hallelujah. Glory to God. Yeah. Praise God. Phew. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> you know, uh, a number of times over the past few years, I get to praying about certain things, you know, in our church. And Now, I know none of you have ever gotten impatient. Surely you're not that carnal. But I've gotten impatient enough for all of you put together. <laughs> I try to work on it and I'm gaining. You know, but tribulation works patience, so I don't pray for a whole lot of patience because I don't want the tribulation. But, <laughs> but, um, but you know, it's a, it, there's been a couple different times when I've been just kind of, um, kind of borderline wondering, complaining, and whining. <laughs> don't look at me that way. You've done the same thing. You've, God will tell off on you. You've whined to the Holy Ghost too. <laughs> but you know. But, you know, there's been a few different times when I just kind of get into that place go, Lord, you know, just there's things you've, you've talked to us about. There's things you've shown us in the past. There's things, you know, you've spoken in our lives and all these things. And, and uh, you know, Lord, I don't mean to put it wrongly, but where's the stuff? <laughs> you know, anybody here know what I'm talking? No, you don't know what I'm talking about. But, you know, there's been a couple different times I've been kind of in that place and praying you know, I try, I try, I do my best not to get over into, I try to stay in faith, but anyway, uh, but you know, it's been a couple different times. I just all of a sudden I'd hear on the inside, if you could only see, if you could only see, I said, well, Lord, you can take care of that. Go ahead. Just if you want to. <laughs> And many would say, yes, I'd love to see. And I know that's the case. And I know there are things the Lord has spoken to my heart. And it's just as clear as the nose on my face what's going to come. But it just doesn't look like it has, it will, or it'll ever come to pass. But you just hide and watch. It'll, it'll come to pass. It'll come to pass. But see, you want Him to show it to you all at once. But then you wouldn't walk by faith. And it's the faith walk that'll cause you to rise up and be stalwart and strong. And even then, yes, and even then, sometimes what we call tough times, are building character. So when the gifts of the Spirit and the power of God begins to flow, the character of God will lift you up and into His presence you boldly will go. Hallelujah. Glory to God. <coughs> oh, and it'll come to pass. It'll come to pass. <laughs> Hallelujah. Whoa. Panacite. Ah, galastima nestica. Shoo, if I get lost up here, you just all leave me alone. Ah, well, just let me enjoy my time. <clears throat> mm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. And he said so many things. He has said so many things to you two. 
He has said, so, this is not just one here and one there, and one, in, one in the 70s and one in the 80s and one in the... No, he said so many things, so many things, it's almost hard to keep the list. He said so many things, and a lot of times it's repetition, but sometimes it mixes with new revelation of, yeah, oh my goodness, my goodness, could that really be? <clears throat> and then, then it's almost easy to look at it and go, well, Lord, by now, if you're going to do it, it, you'd have done it by now. No, he's just, he's just got you prepared. He's just got you, he's just got you ready. He's just got you now where you're so stalwart and stable that it won't mess you up to flow like that. <laughs> oh, and it'll flow in the name of Amaste. <laughs> well, let's give him thanks. <coughs> Hallelujah. Wow. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Well, thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, I'll tell you. <clears throat> I don't know. I don't know because I, I mean, you know, you only know what God shows you and He hadn't showed me anything. But I'll make a prediction that five years from now you wouldn't recognize this place. Just make a, that's just a prediction. You know, <clears throat> and that's in a really good way. Hallelujah. Somebody goes, well, why is it going to take five years? I didn't say it's going to take five years. I said five years from now you won't recognize it. Oh, <laughs> oh goodness. Whoa, you're getting ready. You're getting ready. God's getting you ready for what he's getting ready for you. Hallelujah. Yeah. You know, I don't know how that works, Lord. I don't, I don't I'm not real sure how that works, but, but, um, I, uh, <laughs> you know, I, I just, if I was to close my eyes and take a good look, I would see a flood of young people coming into this place. Now, 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 young is, young is, you have to define young. I'm young. But, but, you know, I've had to come to the conclusion, I'm not what you call young anymore. I'm not old. I'm still having visions, not dreaming dreams. Well... <laughs> they're kind of cross. They're kind of crossing over lately. <laughs> I'm trying to get to something, but um, you know um, what we got to make sure we don't we don't get in our mentality that we're, we're past a certain age. God's going to start moving all amongst the young people, and then the rest of us we're getting put out to pasture. No, no. Uh, uh-uh. I'm telling you what. God needs the stability of the prime timers. He needs the energy. Of the folks in the middle age, and he needs the craziness of these new ones coming up. You know? And uh, there's there's a generation coming up. We got the millennials, and we got the Generation Zs, and we got we got what are we baby boomers? But again, God's not going to pick a generation and and decide which one He's going to use. There's going to be a blending of the three. We got to have. We got to have. We gotta have. Don't don't ever let the devil tell you that you're too old to be any good for the kingdom. You're just you're just now to the place where you can be some good for the kingdom. And I'll tell you, when these all these youngsters come in, they're gonna need some stability that they can get from we that have been around the block at least a hundred times. Oh, <laughs> hallelujah, glory to God. Well, huh? I've had the devil deal with me, tried to talk to me a while back, said, you're just a dinosaur. I said, yeah, that means I'm worth more money all the time. 
I am more valuable every year. <laughs> yeah. Well, I guess go ahead and be seated. I don't know. Hallelujah. You got anything? Do you? Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. This is a Holy Ghost meeting. <clears throat> so I just have one thing. When the world would say it's time to it's time to slow down. It's time to take it easy. It's time to have some fun. But God says, "Get ready. You're about to run." <laughs> that it? Well, there you go. Well, who's she talking to? Anybody that qualifies. Glory to God. Well, we ought to pray and get started. We already did that. All right. Well, then what we ought to do, we got three nights. This is good. We got three nights and two mornings, so we don't have to get in a rush for anything. But um, let's open our Bibles. Let's open our Bibles. I'll tell you, no matter what, no matter how God starts moving, it never replaces the Word. It just always confirms the Word. It's not just the Holy Ghost flow, it's the Word and the Spirit. And then take that to the nations. Hallelujah. Oh, my, my. <laughs> yeah. There's more nations working in you. I know. Yeah. And that's not an accident. That's a call. More nations working in you. Go and send. Go and send. Go and send. Go and send. Go into all the world. Well, you can go yourself. You can go by sending people. Or you can go by sending money. There's ways to reach. You know, why not do all of them? Yeah. Send people, send money, and send yourself. Yeah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Praise God. Anyway, um, <clears throat> thank God for... <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay. Let's just set up three tents and stay a week. I'm telling you what. Let's just. Hallelujah. Glory to God. You know, you've been all those nations. Seems like there's one right here somewhere that you haven't been to, but it's been burning inside. Is, is, would that make sense that there's a nation that you, it just doesn't go away? In fact, I don't even know if you got an invitation there. It's just this nation just seems to stir. And, uh, if, you know, if that doesn't make any sense, you know, what, what do you do if somebody gives you word? If it doesn't make any sense, just put it in file 13. Doesn't, you know, anybody can miss it. I don't know. But it just seems like there's this nation sitting right out here that you haven't been to yet. You may have an invitation. I don't know. But I wouldn't be surprised if, if there's not a good solid invitation. And you go, well, why would I go there? Well, when you go, you find out. Hallelujah. The doors will open. The money will flow. And into that nation, yeah, you soon will go. All right. Now, Romans chapter 1. Did I say Romans? Well, I just did. (laughs) You weren't paying attention. Romans chapter 1. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Um, You know... um, Word of knowledge is you know, supernatural, divine insight into the facts in the mind of God. 
In other words, when God, it's not gift of knowledge. You know, if that was the case, then there'd be unsaved college professors that would have that. Okay? So it's not just a gift of knowledge. It's not, it's not how much you know. It's a word out of the mind of God that you wouldn't know if he didn't tell you. That's why it's called a, it's not called knowledge. It's called the word of knowledge. First Corinthians 12 chapter. It's called the word of knowledge. And, and uh, you know, it just, and, and it just flows so many different ways. Word of knowledge, sometimes it'll, it'll flow like, uh, you know, I've talked to so many different people. I've watched so many different people. Sometimes word of knowledge will come like in the area of healing. Sometimes there are folks that they'll, they'll feel what somebody's feeling. Okay? Now, I've only had that happen once in 40 years. Went into a service and, and man, I, got, I was going into church. I had the most horrible pain in my back. I thought, man, I don't even know what I did. Man, that's painful. And I got up ready to minister. It was a morning service. It was in... Uh, Virginia. And uh, I got up there and also, I stood there and all of a sudden I thought, well, not, that, I know what that is. That's not mine. That's somebody in here. So I described what it was and somebody said, that's me. They stood up and it left me. When it left me, it left them. Now I've had that happen one time in 40 years. So that doesn't happen with me much. But I know folks that they'll just, they'll just, uh, you know, they'll just feel all different kinds of symptoms on their body. Well, that's one way. Word of knowledge can operate like a it can come with uh, just suddenly person knows something that you couldn't know. If, you wouldn't know if God didn't tell you. There's no way you could know something. Well, sometimes it's a knowing. Sometimes it's sometimes you'll hear it on the inside. You, you'll hear just a particular situation. You'll hear a word from heaven. It doesn't have to be physical symptoms. It can be, you know, anything. And sometimes it can come in a vision form where you, you know, you can see it as an open vision right out in front of you like off a TV screen or just see it on the inside. You know, um, uh, Peter went up on the, over in Acts, the uh, 10th chapter, went up on the housetop to pray about, about lunchtime. And he went up there and, and he was waiting for lunch. He's just going to go up and pray for a little while. Fell over and had a trance. Fell over bodily and, and saw, uh, he had a vision. And he saw a, a, a sheet coming down from heaven, knit it to four corners full of all manner of unclean beasts. And he heard a voice saying, Rise, Peter, kill and eat. He said, Not so, Lord. No unclean things ever touched my lips. And uh, he heard, heard the Spirit of God say, What I've cleansed, don't call it unclean or uncommon. And this happened three times. So anyway, so it was every, everything from an inward knowing to a feeling to uh, a hearing to a seeing. There's so many ways it can work. Yeah. And I said, All that, say this. I... Uh, that, that was really the first, <coughs> excuse me, the first spiritual gift that st started working in my life. Um, mm, wow, 42, 43 years ago, something like that. And uh, the, sometimes it's stronger than others. Sometimes it's, you know, sometimes you, sometimes, you know, there, there are times you can get up and say, so-and-so, somebody's got such and such. And, and it's so strong, you'd walk, I could walk up and down the aisles and say, is it you? And I've had where nobody move. But it's so strong, I can say, I know I've heard from heaven. I mean, I could walk up and down the aisles and tell, ask everybody, is that you? Until somebody would finally go, well, yeah, that's me. You know. But other times, I, I remember it would operate a little differently where it would be um, um, just a, an inward sense. It's just an inward sense. You know, and, and uh, so I thought, well, if it was God, it would be stronger than that. So I didn't do anything with it. And I went a long time with that. And all of a sudden I realized that just because it wasn't real loud didn't mean it wasn't God. Well, if it's really important, then he talks louder. Well, I know with my dad growing up, you know, if he was talking to me about something important, his, his volume of his voice didn't increase with the importance of the subject. That's good. Yeah. Okay. Didn't matter whether it was really something really simple or something really important. He didn't change the tone of his voice. Yeah. 
Okay? So, with God, it doesn't have to be, well, if it's really important, he's going to talk louder. Where did you read that in the Bible? Right. No, it's not that way. So, anyway, so I, uh, I, uh, I finally, I, I got a chance, I was asking, you know, Brother Hagen, <laughs> And uh, I, I said, you know, we called him Dad. You know, he's been in heaven. He's, he'd be 102 years old right now if he's yeah, on the earth. Amazing. But, you know, most all of us in one capacity or another called him dad and said dad i got a question i said i I asked him about this i said you know if you get something it just seems like it's there but you're not really sure uh what do you do with that he said well you just be honest with people you said well i think i got this it seems like it you know if you know if there's nobody here that's all right i could miss it you just be honest with people i said you mean it's that easy he said yeah hallelujah glory to god glory to god he has some surprise blessings in the name of jesus Thank you, Lord. Glory to God. <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise God. All right, have you found Romans 1 yet? <laughs> Praise God. Well, let's, let's, uh, let's look at Romans chapter 1. And um, we'll start with verse, uh, verse 10. Paul's writing to the Romans. And he's actually in verse 7, he says, To all that be in Rome, beloved of God, called to be saints. So this, this, does, this is not just to the pastor of the church at Rome. It's not just to the pastoral staff in, in Rome. This is to the church in Rome. So what he's talking about here belongs to everybody. You know, some of the things, if I get where I think I'm going, some of the things I'll talk about will be geared more maybe toward um, pulpit ministry. But don't let that throw you because it applies to everybody. Okay, just the examples I would have would be more for, you know, my sphere of what I've seen or known. But it says right here, he says, All that be in Rome, beloved of God, called to be saints, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. And uh, so he's talking to the whole church. Now we get down to verse 10, just for the sake of time. We get down to verse 10. He says, Make and request, if by any means now at length, I might have a prosperous journey by the will of God to come to you. He didn't say, I just want to come. He said, I want to come in the will of God. I like that. I like that. You know, sometimes we want to go places and do things, but it's just, it just works better if it's the will and plan of God. You know, so many times in the scriptures, it talks about like, uh, like Joseph back in the Old Testament where, where, you know, he ran into some bad stuff. His brothers sold him into slavery and then, and then Potiphar's wife, you know, lied about him and he had all these things. But no matter what came into, no matter what came against him, man, he'd always float to the top. <laughs> you know, he sold into slavery. Next thing you know, he's running the country. Um, and, and if you notice, there's a phrase in there that he was blessed in everything he did because God was with him. I, I do that a lot with myself. I like to find out, you know, I don't want to just go places and do things. I want to say, I want to say, God, are you with me in this? Well, God's always with you. He's always with you in presence, but he's not always with you in the fact that that's his will and plan. Okay. I do a lot of checking on things. God, are you, you know, and I'm telling you, and you start doing some things and sometimes you have to go back and say, God, you know, I'm doing this, this and this. But, you know, are you are you with me in this? Are you, doesn't mean it just goes, it, everything just goes 100% great and it's, life's a bowl of cherries. And, you know, no, doesn't mean everything's just great. Just look at Joseph as an example. It just means no matter what comes along, you're going to rise to the surface, rise up above it because God's with you. So anyway, he says, uh, now, uh, he says, making requests now, um, 
Making requests now, if by any means now at length, I might have a prosperous journey. I'll tell you, when God's with you, you have a prosperous journey. Otherwise, you just have a journey. So anyway, I might have a, a prosperous journey by the will of God to come unto you. <clears throat> he says, in other words, I want to get to you, but I want to do it in the will of God. I want to do it in God's timing. I want to make sure God's with me in this. You know, say, well, you know, God's, why wouldn't God be with you? Well, if you go back to... Uh, uh, Acts the, uh, I think it's the 16th chapter back there, where um, Paul and his company were getting ready to go. I mean, they're out there. He's, he's called to preach to Jews, to Gentiles, and to uh, uh, kings. That's his call. And really, his call, prim- his primary call is to the Gentile world. Peter was the primary apostle to the, Je- to the Jews, and Paul was the primary, not the only, but the primary apostle to the Gentile world. And and the kings and and if you notice back there, Paul had his company and man, he's ready to go somewhere. He says, "Man, I, I've got the whole world out here. I'm ready to go get something done." And you know, and he they loaded up the donkeys and said, "Let's you know, let's go somewhere." Well, where do we go? Where do we t- you know? We're talking to his team. Where do we go? Where can I go? And they said, "Well, you know, we can, you can go to Jews, Gentiles, or kings. So that's pretty much the world." Well, see, the whole world is where I'm supposed to go. But where is God with me when I go? So he said, I don't know, where can we go? This is, my, this is the way I process this. This is not, you can take this or leave it. But the way I process it, I see Paul, he gets up on his donkey. They get everything loaded. He's got his company with him. And he says, where should we go? I've got to go somewhere. I've got to take the gospel to the regions beyond. Where should we go? Where should we go? And it, you can see his team looking at him like, uh, that's your department. So he says, all right, Luke, pull out a map. What starts with A? Well, Asia. All right, let's go to Asia. <laughs> so they start heading for Asia, and the Bible said the Holy Ghost forbade them. So they start heading out there. But see, he didn't, he didn't just sit by the campfire singing Kumbaya, waiting to see what he ought to do. He started taking little steps to see if God was with it. And then you just check to see if God's with you. You know? See, I'm from Michigan. We, we got lots of ice up there. And in the wintertime, there's lakes everywhere, and you know, and the lake starts freezing over, and you got to, you know, you, you got to get out and do something up there. Long winters, and so you get these lakes; they start freezing, and you don't just run out on the lake. You know, you're liable to break through the ice and sink. So what you do is you just take little baby steps. You just get out in there, right? And you hear it cracking under, and you dive back for the shore. My mama didn't raise a moron. Uh uh-uh, uh no. So, you know, so I I think that's what Paul did. I think he says, you know, uh, you know, pack up the babies, grab the old ladies. Man, let's let's go. Let's get. Oh, Lord. Never mind. Long story. Old song. (laughs) Thank God. Anyway, so so you can just see him loading up all the stuff. And they're going to he said, let's go somewhere. I'm not going to sit and do nothing. Man, we're burning daylight. We've got to get something done. I have the gospel to preach to humanity. I'm going somewhere. I'm not going to sit by the campfire and wait for Jesus to pass by and give. No, I'm going to I'm not going to wait until he tells me to go. I'm just going to move till he tells me to stop. So, but he doesn't just run out there like a bull in a china shop. He just starts, he gets loaded up and they start heading for Asia and he stops. He goes, no, Holy Ghost won't let me do it. So what do you do? Well, let's go back and, you know, unpack everything. Sits there for a few hours, says, can't do this. Can't do this. 
I'm not made for, I'm not just, I just, I can't, I'm not a maintainer. I got to be plowing somewhere. We need to go somewhere. All right, let's load up the donkeys again. Where do we go? I don't know. Luke, pull the map out. What starts with B? He said, well, Bithynia. All right, just point me the right direction. Let's go to Bithynia. He starts moving there and the Holy Ghost forbade him. Suffered him not. So he went back and unloaded everything. Said, man, all this loading and unloading has wore me right out. He said, you guys go ahead and do what you want. Build a campfire, set the tents up. I'm taking a nap. So he takes a nap and he has a vision. A man from Macedonia appears to him in a vision says, come help us. He woke up and he knew assuredly where to go. See, he didn't just sit and do nothing. He took little baby steps until he knew not to. Until finally, I, I, the way I see it, God finally said, you might as well, Holy Ghost, you might as well give this guy something to do. Because he's going to do something if we don't give him something. He's... So he, headed, so he headed out toward uh, Macedonia and became the first missionary to Europe. Which, that's where all my kin folks came from. So, so I'm thankful God sent somebody to Europe to take the gospel to Europe. So anyway. So anyway. Um, so he's pray, he says, I, I want a prosperous journey by the will of God to see you. Now verse 11 is what I'm looking for. For I long to see you. Why? Uh, I'm lo- I long to see you because I need an offering. I need you know, No. I long to see you because you got something I need. No. The heart of a true apostle. It's not what I can get from you. It's what I can get to you. Good, good, good. That's the heart right there. He says, I long to see you. He says, I'm praying for a prosperous journey by the will of God to come to you because, because I long to see you that I may what? Impart to you some spiritual gift. Impart. See, that's what this is about. This week's about impartations. And the best example we've got in New Testament is the Apostle Paul. And he said, I, I long to see you that I may impart to you. Now, Paul didn't go around, you know, with a bag over his, over his shoulder, you know, go, going around giving spiritual gifts to people. Nobody has the opportunity, nobody has the privilege of giving people individual gifts. See, if we could pass out gifts to people, we'd give them to our friends, we wouldn't give them to our enemies, we'd make a mess out of things. <laughs> So God doesn't give any of us the privilege of picking out who gets what. All Paul said was, I want to get to you because I know if I can get to you, God will let me be in a place where we can impart spiritual gifts. He said, I long to see that I may impart something to you. That I may impart to you some spiritual gift, some supernatural spiritual endowment, uh, some dose of the Holy Ghost, some measure of the Spirit of God. Why? Why? To the end, you might be established. You might be made to stand. You might be standing steady. He says, I want to get something. Now, think about that. Think about that. Paul says, I want to get to you. He, he says, now, now think about this. He's writing them a letter. I don't know if Paul knew that his letter would be eventually called the book of Romans. Right? I don't know that he said, all right, guys, I'm sending the book of Romans. One of these days, it'll be part of the New Testament. It'll be part of the Pauline epistles. And, you know, 2,000 years down the road that, uh, you know, you'll be studying this book and you'll be able to get Rome through Romans and you'll be able to get all kinds of wonderful truths. No, I don't know that he knew that. What's he doing? He's just writing a letter to the Roman citizens, Roman believers, basically, the church. So anyway, he says, I, I, I'm, I'm praying for a prosperous journey by the will of God because I long to see you that I may impart to you some spiritual gift to the end you might be established. Now, think about that. Now, don't misunderstand me. Let me finish this phrase before you make a judgment call on it. Um, if the word only would get all the job done, 
then Paul would have said, I'm sending you a letter. Just read it over and 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 over. And it'll do everything you need because everything is in here. You won't need anything else. Right? So if it was, if it was word only that we need, then he would say, this is the word. I don't have to come all the way to Rome. I don't have to take this long journey. He said, I won't, he would have said, I don't have to do all that. I'm just, I'm sending you a letter and this will, I mean, Romans, goodness, the seventh chapter, the eighth chapter, the 10th chapter, the, the truths in the book of Romans could cause any Christian to rise up and be victorious. It's an amazing letter. But if it was, if it was that only, he, he'd have said, all right, I'm sending you this wonderful letter and, and, and the word itself is all you need. But isn't interesting, he didn't say that. He said in, in so many words, I'm sending you this wonderful letter. I'm, I'm moving, I'm writing it as I'm inspired by the Spirit of God. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable. I'm inspired by the Holy Ghost to write this amazing letter to you. I'm not getting it from myself. This is coming out of heaven. But, but I'm going to get this to you, which will cause you to be victorious. But at the same time, I still long to see you face to face. I still want to see you because there's some things I can't get to you in a letter. I'm going to have to get to you face to face and in presence. He said, I want to impart something to you. Well, think about that. If Paul, who wrote half the New Testament, said, I still want to get to you because there's some things I'm going to get, I can get to you in presence that I can't get to you in writing. Then why wouldn't we expect the same thing today? Okay. I'm all for, don't misunderstand. I'm all for, um, uh, you know, YouTube videos. I'm all for, you know, downloading things. I'm all for live streaming. I'm all for that. So I don't misunderstand me. I'm all for anything we can do to, to, to partake of what's being done in one place we can't get to and we can get it just, you know, live stream it today. But at the same time, I believe there's some things that God can get to us face to face that you just can't get any other way. And so I, I'm just really stirred about this. In fact, I'm going <laughs> to, I don't know how long we'll go here. We've got three nights. We don't have to get in a rush. But, um, you know, I, I uh, looking back through, I, I was, I grew up in a, in a I grew up in a, in a nominal denominational church. Okay. They may have given altar calls. If they did, I don't know. I slept through them. I have no idea. No idea. It was the most boring place I had ever been. Begged my parents not to make me go. It was, it was, um, well, anyway. I, let's just say I wasn't getting much out of it, but I wasn't really in a place to want to get much out of it at that particular point in my life. So anyway, um, you know, so, so, um, uh, <laughs> I, uh, you know, so I went to this, uh, I, so, so that was 1970, 1972, I was in college. And um, not walking with God even close, a long ways from God intentionally. I was af- I was afraid if I and I knew the difference. I knew who Jesus was, and I knew you know I, I I knew what I needed to do. But I was just afraid if I started serving, if I really intentionally started serving God, I was afraid He's going to make me be a missionary. <laughs> I was. I thought, I'm going to have to be a missionary. I'm going to have to be broke. And those are two things I just don't like. I don't like, I don't like broken. I don't want to be a missionary. I don't. I had plans. 
I, I had plans. I was going to go to med school. I was going to be a doctor. I was going to make all the investments I could. I was going to retire at age 35. I was going to travel the world at age 35. I had my plans out there. Well, I had a couple of them, right? I get to see people healed. I don't have... And I figured out, though, I don't like the sight of blood, so that wasn't going to work real well. So... So anyway... So anyway, so I... I uh, so I get to travel the world and I get to see people get healed and I just didn't have to retire to do it. But anyway, but, um, uh, but anyway, so, so, um, I, you know, I was kind of running from God. And it's, so in November, 1972, I went to a meeting, uh, a fellow dragged me off, a guy that was in my dorm, uh, talked me into going, went to a meeting and, uh, went two nights in a row. I was in a big, uh, uh, civic center in Lansing, Michigan. And, uh, Second night I went there, I stood in the back by the back door so I could run if I wanted to. I thought, I got, I'm standing where I can get out of here quick. And I couldn't seem to get out that door. And I turned, I walked up that aisle, prayed a prayer, made Jesus Lord of my life. The old man died. I came out a new creature in Christ and I started my life with Jesus. But been walking with him in some capacity ever since. It took a little while to get the grave clothes cut off when I first got saved. Um, but, but, you know, but, you know, here we are, uh, well, 72 is a few years ago, you know. And uh, so anyway... So I'm looking back through there, and, and, and uh, you know, and, and from 1972 till now, that's, uh, that's uh, is that 46 years? Yeah, almost 47. Wow. Yeah. Wow, November of 72. Man, surely I'm not that old. But anyway. <laughs> we're, I'm young, thank you. So anyway, so I, uh, but in looking back through, um, from today, looking back through 40, you know, all those years, <laughs> I, uh, I look back through and I think, okay, in, in, in the landmarks, uh, the, the, the mile markers yes. in my life, I always thought the mile markers in my life would be where I went to a meeting and somebody preached a great message. But I got to looking back a while back, and I see, the, I see the mile markers in my life. I see radical turns in my life. I see drastic changes in my life for the good. And they weren't necessarily related to a message. They were related to an impartation. Yes. And I didn't know that. I didn't, I didn't know that. They didn't have impartations in the church I grew up in. And so, so this is a real interesting subject to me. Um... um you know, you see all through the scriptures. This is how God's done things all through the years. You go back to the 11th chapter of the book of Numbers. You got Moses back there. <laughs> 11th chapter of Numbers. Moses says, God, what, what did I do? I'm going to paraphrase this. Okay. God, what did, I, what did I do wrong as a kid? I mean, what's the deal here? Why did you give me three million unsaved people? Why did you do this to me? God, you put this whole burden on me. I can't do this. I can't take care of these people. God, why did you do this to me? God, I've got an idea. Here, kill me. He did. He said, God, kill me. God's going, oh, I got a better idea. No, I'm not going to kill you. Uh -uh. But what did he do? What did he do? He said, go choose you out 70 elders, leaders of the troops around you and I'm going to come down when I come down with my presence to talk to you I'm going to take some of what's on you the spirit or we'd say the anointing that's on you I'm going to put it on them so instead of killing you I'm going to multiply you how about that so God, God instead of taking Moses home 
he, he changed his life by impartations. Amen. And really, and we, we think, well, impartations are always through the laying out of hands. Well, sometimes they are, but sometimes they're just, just plain old getting in the presence of God. Amen. See, when I go to church, anytime I go into church, when I'm going into a service, I'm going into a conference, I'm going anywhere, I go in with the expectation. I'm take, I don't care if they have a laying out of hand service. Right. I don't care if they have a... I don't care. I'm taking something home. I go in with my expectation on the, I'm working for, I'm going for something. I'm expecting to get something because, because I saw where God would take part of what was on. I I don't have to have somebody say, come up here. I'm going to give you part of what's on me. No, I don't care about all that. All I'm going to, all I know is I'm going to get into a place. If I get in the presence of God, God's going to put, he's going to take something that's in that room. He's going to give me a dose of it and I'm going to go out different. I'm going home changed. I've got a great expectation with that. (laughs) Well, you know, and, and we could go on. Oh, John G. Lake. Um, well, we may have, we'll go a little bit and then we'll pick up here probably tomorrow night. You know, um, blessed are the short-winded for they shall be heard again. <laughs> heard that from John Osteen. Yeah. Anyway, um, uh, where do we go? It's either Lake, either John Lake or, or Brother Hagen, one of the two. Let's see, where do we go? Um, um, I'll go this direction first. Um, see, this is all new to me. When I, when, I, when I gave my life to Jesus, you know, everything started changing. I, I tried staying at college, but that wasn't working real well. I, you know, I didn't know you're supposed to go to church, didn't have a Bible, didn't pray, didn't read, didn't have any Christian friends. This wasn't working very well. And so I... Uh, so when I graduated from high school, long story, when I graduated from high school, a friend of mine's dad was a real estate agent, and he gave me this book about that thick, and he said, why don't you read this and go take the test, get yourself a real estate license. So I had this ability back then to just read and read something and ma- maintain it until I needed it, and then use it, and then just erase the whole thing. I, do, I mean, it would just all go away. <laughs> and so, so I, I read that book. And I went and signed up, went to the state office and took my real estate uh, agent, took the test to become a realtor and uh, passed it first time through, you know. And uh, I didn't know anything about real estate. I didn't know anything about financing. I didn't know anything about houses. I knew it. I just, I mean, I just fresh out of high school. I was just only a couple months out of high school. Didn't know anything about anything. But I'm a, I'm a licensed real estate agent. Well, you know, so I just took the license and, and the company that would sponsor me, I put it on their wall and just kind of made it sort of inactive. So I went back and, and um, um, so I, I left college and I went back home to my hometown, moved back in with my parents, <laughs> bless their hearts, you know, moved back in with them and um, activated my license, started working the real estate business. Well, anyway, started praying. I said, God, I, I, I've got something on, I th- feel like I'm supposed to do something. I don't know what it is. So God supernaturally got me. Brother Hagen started Rama, 1974. I didn't know who brother. I didn't know who Kenneth e. Hagen was. I, I mean, I heard his name, but I didn't know anything about him. Next thing I know, I'm on a plane with three suitcases. I'm flying from Michigan to Tulsa, Oklahoma, to go to this new Bible school, and there's 58 of us students that are in there, and, and I'm a student. And so, so anyway. And so that was the beginning of having, he, he, was, he became my spiritual father for over 30 years on this earth and still is today. You don't change fathers just because they go to heaven. And so I, I uh, so anyway, 
But I remember in school, we got to the end of the year, and, and man, I'm sitting there, and, and Brother Hagin, he'd come in, he'd teach a week, and he'd teach a week, and then he'd go out on the road for a few weeks. Come back in, he'd teach for another week, he'd go on the road. This went on for nine months' time. He just kept coming in, he'd teach morning and night for, you know, for a week. And he's teaching these subjects that are changing my life. We get to the last week of school, and he says, we're going to have a... All you students, there are 58 of us, he said, all of you come back in tomorrow. Those of you that have spouses, bring the spouses with you. We're going to have a laying on of hand service. And uh, I thought, I've never been around one of those before, but everything else he's taught me has been good, so I'll come ready. Came back in the next day, and he lined us all up across the front, and he started going down and laying hands on all, every one of us. He's, gonna, he's separating us, Acts 13, separate unto me Barnabas and Saul, for the work whereunto I've called him. He's, and so he, he starts praying, and he says, uh, now, now, Lord, he's, to get to the first person, he said, now, Lord, as we lay hands on these graduating students, Lord, I pray that you would impart, first time I'd ever heard that word, I pray that you would impart to these students whatever spiritual endowments, whatever spiritual endowments, whatever spiritual gifts, whatever spiritual operations, they need to launch out and obey you. I ask you to impart to them whatever power they need, whatever it is they need to step out and obey what you've put on their lives. I pray that you'll impart to them. Now, I've been listening to him for nine months teaching the Bible. I've seen him flow in spiritual gifts and all that. But now, all of a sudden, we've got this line and he's saying, Lord, I ask you to impart to them. Well, I'm, a, you know, I'm halfway down, the, and I'm listening. I'm down, way down the row, the, the row here. And, uh, and then he said, and, and Lord, and I ask you. Now, this, this is all kind of new to me. He says, but the one thing, if there's one thing I knew about Brother Hagin was he knew how to believe God. You know, his primary message at that time was faith. Yeah. And I heard him all of a sudden, he said, now, Lord, and I ask you to impart to these students that same spirit of faith that you put in me so many years ago. Yeah. I thought, I don't know about all this other stuff, but if there's something about that that he has, I want some of that. Now, he laid hands on each one of us. I didn't fall. I didn't feel anything. I didn't get goosebumps. All I know is, God, whatever that is, I want that. I need that, whatever that is. He didn't say the mechanics of faith, the formulas of faith. He said, Lord, I ask that you... Remember, Paul said, we having the same spirit of faith? It's not a different spirit other than the Holy Ghost. It's an, it's an attitude. It's an empowering so I just, I just remember, I said, Lord, I, I, don't, I don't get this. This is all new territory to me, but Lord, whatever that is, I want that. I need that. I'm pulling on that. Yeah. Now I can't, I, I, you know, bottom line, got out of school, didn't see anything change. I'd, I'd heard faith taught from every direction you could think of. I'd heard nine months of faith being taught from everybody. I'd, I, I heard it from Kenneth Copeland before anybody knew who Kenneth Copeland was. I heard it from Dr. Fred Price before anybody knew who Fred Price was. I heard it from, I mean, you name, I could tell you, uh, Vicki Jameson, and, and, and I could go on and on. All these names, nobody knew them back then. Right. And, um, but I heard everybody teach faith. I'd heard faith so much that I was confused. I said, Lord, it's just all jumbled together. I got, I got to figure out a way to sort this all out. Faith's great, but I got, I know, believe, say, act, you know, walk in love, and I got all these facets of faith. But all I know is about within about two weeks' time, all of a sudden, something went off on the inside of me. And I couldn't describe it other than the fact that all of a sudden, something, there was this attitude that rose up in me that I cannot be defeated and I will not quit. Amen. Something got in me. People would say, well, you can't do that. That's hard. Something in me said, just send me out there. That's what I'm looking for. You can't go to that nation. That's an impossible place. Get me a one-way ticket. Oh, they won't hear the gospel there. That's a missionary graveyard. Get me a ticket. They're not going to bury me there. I can guarantee you that. Something got in me. It wasn't, 
It wasn't a, a formula. It wasn't a, it wasn't a mechanics. It was an attitude got on the inside of me. The attitude of faith. And I look back and I didn't do a thing to get that except all I know is in 1975, May of 1975, when Brother Hagin laid hands on us, I said, God, I don't know what that is, but I want that. I want that. And I can honestly say from that point on till now, uh, you know, I mean, I, I sure don't have all the answers and I haven't hit it right every time. But I'll tell you, something got on the inside of me and it was an impartation. I can look back and see the real major changes in my life have been when God just moved in by the Holy Ghost. And took the word I knew, but then made an impartation on that. Yes. Made a deposit, a measure, a dose of the Holy Ghost. Down the road a ways. I'll give you a couple more examples and we'll... We'll... Uh, <laughs> we'll, uh, well, I can go all night, so don't, don't egg me on too much. <laughs> but uh, I, I remember then, you know, down the road a number of years... <coughs> Uh, Janet and I were, Brother Hagin was doing a meeting in uh, Colorado, a week-long meeting. And we, we just took the week and went there, got a hotel, and we went there to get in the meeting. I thought, I, I'm going to get all I can get. I want to I absorb all I can get. So I remember he, uh, one night, in fact, you, you may have to help me with this. You, you helped me the other day. You said, by the way, you know, you, you had, I had some of my facts wrong. And it's no wonder because I was pretty much gone. But um, he, he, he gave a call for people to come forward to have hands laid on. And that's all he said. Just have hands laid on. Just going just gonna to lay hands on you. I, I think it was all the ministers, wasn't it? And uh, I thought, I'm in, I'm in. I'm in. I'll take. I am a spiritual glutton. And if somebody, you know, if somebody doesn't want theirs, I'll take mine and theirs. <laughs> so, so. You know, I think I'm maybe over in here somewhere. There's a line in the front of the church, and Brother Hagin's laying hands on people. And, and uh, I, I, you know, I do, it, it gets foggy about this place. But he came by and laid hands on us. And I, I don't know if he said some things, spoke some things. Do you remember? He did. He spoke some things over us. And we both went down under the power of God. Okay, you don't have to fall to get something, but I'll tell you what, sometimes, sometimes if God moves that way, it gets you down there where he can do some spiritual surgery on you. <laughs> Holy Ghost anesthetic. And so um, I, I, I laid there for a while and I thought, well, I probably ought to get up. You know, they probably need to put another line of people here. I probably ought to get up off the floor, you know, and go back to my seat. About that time I opened my eyes and I sat up and the place is empty. I thought I just I just flat missed the rapture right here. <laughs> they all gone. Brother Hagen's gone. Everybody's gone. Everybody's gone but my wife and me. So I figured, well, if I missed it, she did too. <laughs> and I thought, wow, I don't know how I don't know how long I was down there, but I was down on the floor for a while. I finally got up and went back to my seat, and we headed back to our hotel room and. and uh, and all I know is that that was, a, that was a time, it was a landmark in my life. Yeah. It was a landmark in our lives. Yeah. And God did something in us. God did something. There was a deposit He put into us that we could sit in weeks and weeks and weeks of meetings and hear great messages, but God made a deposit, contact and transmission. Yeah. And I still remember Brother Hagin. I, I worked his prayer lines for years. and He'd start every time. He'd start laying hands on people. He'd say, now, Lord, as we lay our hands upon these folks... 
by the law of contact and transmission, the contact of my hands, by the direction of the head of the church, the Lord Jesus, the contact of my hands will, uh, will um, impart the, the healing virtue into their bodies, affect a healing and a cure from the top of their heads to the soles of their feet. He'd pray that every time. And, and I got to, I just say it right along with him. You know, I, I'm catching people. I'm, but um, anyway, but that changed the course of our lives. Well, I, you know, get down the road, you know, uh, probably a couple years later, He's doing a meeting in, in uh, Fort Worth, Texas, church down there. We went to that meeting. And so we're, I, I don't know where we were sitting, but anyway, he, he, was preaching on, um, he was preaching on signs, on the subject of signs. Ooh, we could spend some time there. <laughs> but he's preaching on signs. He talked about times when, in his ministry, when, when uh, the Holy Ghost would say, you know, call out so-and-so and I'm going to heal them, heal them in their body and this will be a sign and so on. And, and, and so anyway, he's preaching all this. But he went on and on and on and on and on and on and on until finally people just all got, all got up and started walking out. And I thought, mm-mm, my mama didn't raise a moron. I am not leaving because if he's not stopping preaching, then there's something coming. Right. And, uh, you know, and I noticed, I watched him over the years, he'd just preach until the power came. Yeah. And sometimes you had to preach till a few folks left before the power could come. But anyway. <laughs> did I say that? Anyway. Sad but true. Sad but true. And so, man, all of a sudden, he just, uh, he's, then all, boy, about that time, all of a sudden, the Holy Ghost fell in that place. And he starts ministering to people by the Spirit of God. And uh, all of a sudden, he sees us wherever we're sitting. He says, Martin, Janet, come up here. Come up here. I need to minister to you. So we went up. And we're on the platform, weren't we? <laughs> we're up on the platform. And she and I are standing here. You know, we're just, we're, we're going to take our dose. You know? And um, we're standing on the platform. And, and of course, they got, they got catchers behind us. In case you go down, you know. Well, if you're in the spirit, you know, you won't get hurt. Well, I don't want to take any chances. Just in case I'm only half in the spirit. That's good. Very good. I'm almost done. So, so, so anyway, so we got catchers, two catchers behind us. We got two of us here. Brother Hagin's up in front of us. He's got another fellow standing behind him. To, you know, just kind of keep him steady. And he starts laying hands on us. And all of a sudden, he starts prophesying to us. Starts prophesying some things. About some things we'd walk in. You know, Holy Ghost things we'd walk in. That we weren't walking in. That's been, that had to be in the, whoa, maybe 25 years ago? At least 25 years, at least 25 years ago. You know, you ever notice God doesn't get in a rush? We do, he doesn't. But uh, however long ago that was, but I'm telling you what, all of a sudden, all of a sudden, it was, it, I'm telling you, uh, we went down, the catchers went down, Brother Hagen went down, the guy watching him went down. <laughs> Six of us piled up on the floor on the platform. Yeah. <laughs> yes. It, yeah, at one of his larger times. <laughs> Yeah, yes. So there's one, two, three, four, five, six of us all piled up on the floor. I, I've still got it. It's on my phone. I still have the tape of that wow. on my phone. And you hear this. He's praying in tongues. And I'll hear you hear this. Oof, and I'm going, oh, that was me on the bottom. When, that was Brother Hagen 
falling on me, and that's me, the, all the air coming out of my lungs. Yeah, he, he's right on top of us. And then the guy watching him was on top of him. And between the four of them, and neither one of them, neither one of them were tiny. There's a picture. There's a picture right there, isn't it? But you know, after the service. And, but, but I've, I've all, every, every time we'd go to a meeting, we'd go, whether we get prayed for, ministered to, hands laid on, I don't care. We'd go to a meeting, I'm going to get something. Okay? I am going, I'll take a supply in. I'm going to pull everything out that I can pull out of whoever's ministering. I, I, I'm bringing my supply in, but I, if I'm bringing a supply in, I'm taking something home with me. <laughs> Even if I don't know what it is, I'm taking something home. Well, we saw Brother Hagin after the service, I guess that night. <laughs> He came up, he said, did you pull me down on top of you? <laughs> Didn't he? He just, he was almost half aggravated. He said, did you pull me down on top of you? I said, well, I wouldn't do that. Why would I do that? No, of course I didn't. He said, well, I said, why? He said, all I know is he said, I got praying for you two up there. And he said, it was like something grabbed hold of like a rope on the inside of me and yanked me down on top of you. And I thought, yeah, I know what it was. My faith working. I was pulling on, I was pulling on a deposit. I was pulling on an impartation. I said, no, honest, honest, we didn't do that, you know, but. But I was just thinking about that actually before service tonight. I was just thinking about that and I thought, you know, that's been at least probably 25 years ago. And I was thinking back about what he spoke over us, say, 25 years ago. And, you know, 25 years down the road, those things are just now starting to take place. You know, say, well, if it's God, it would have happened instantly. Who says? That's right. Who says? You know. And, and all I know is the things he spoke by the Holy Ghost and this deposit made into our lives. I mean, just now, there's some things he said over my wife, over Janet. That was before we even got married, when you were with Face Creation, wasn't it? Some things he spoke over her life. That was, well, we've been married 40 years, so uh, 41, 42 years ago, spoke. And those things are just now getting ready to come to pass. Well, why does it take so long? Well, I don't know. Maybe she's just a tough case. I, I don't know. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Why is it? Why is it? Now, she could say that about me and everybody cheer. I say that about her and all the ladies boo me. The system does not work fair. Anyway. Oh, we got a lot of directions we could go with this. But why don't we just... Why don't we stand to our feet and bring this to a, cl- a close tonight? Glory to God. And I, I don't, I don't know, I don't know right now. I don't know, but this is Wednesday, so we got Thursday, we got Friday. I'm not real sure. You can tell already. I'm not sure where these these services are going, but um, either tomorrow night or or Friday night, we're, we'll just go ahead and have a laying on of hands impartation service, and and you know. Um, um, uh, people, I've had people come up to me before and say, Here, lay hands on me. I want your anointing. I am not giving you my anointing. I am not even close to being done. You don't get it. You go find your own. So, but I tell you, we can believe God to get into your life something that will 
He said, I, I, I long to see you that I may impart to you some spiritual yes. gift. Amen. To the end, you might be established. I don't know about you. If there's anything the church world needs today is to be established, yes. made steady, made yes. to stand. And uh, if there's anything we need, and it's, well, yeah, I, I think all you need is the word. Well, if all you need is the word, why did Paul say, I want to see you? Right. Why did Paul say, I want to see that I, I can impart yes. something to you? And think about this, and we'll close with this. You know what it means when a preacher says, I'm closing? Absolutely nothing. <laughs> no, but, um, but um, you know, if, if all we needed was... Now, don't, don't misunderstand me. I'm not, I am not taking anything away from the power of the Word. Not in any way, form, or fashion. Thank God for the Word. But, isn't it interesting... What was Jesus called? In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. The Word was God. The same as in the and so on. The Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. He's called the Word in John. He's called the Word in First John. He's called the Word in Revelation. He was, is, and always will be the Word. And if you notice, when the Word took on flesh and dwelt among us, the Word was on the earth for 30 years and never worked a miracle until He was baptized in Jordan, came up out of the water praying, the heavens opened, the Spirit of God descended upon Him, upon the Word in bodily form like a dove, remained upon Him, and He went out and turned water into wine. This beginning of miracles Jesus did. And then you see for the next three and a half years, He worked, John said, if everything He did could be written down, I don't suppose the world itself could contain the volumes. Isn't it interesting if the Word alone would do it, then Jesus would have been working miracles when he was two years old. He'd have been turning stones into bicycles or something. He'd have been working miracles as a child, but he never worked a miracle until he's what was was 30 a magic number? No, 30 is when he worked his first miracle. Why was that the important number? Because that's when he was went to Jordan, baptized, and the Holy Ghost. Yeah. When the Word and the Spirit came together, the miracles started flowing. Yeah. And it's a... And if it was that way, back in the original time of the Word, it'll be that way in the later days of the Word concerning the church world. And when you see the Word and the Spirit come together, there'll be a Holy Ghost explosion. It'll start out like a trickle, and then it'll move in like a flood. And then it'll come an explosion... And the church will experience and pass on the benefits of the blood. Glory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Well, let's give him thanks. Yes, thank you. Hallelujah. Glory. Hallelujah. Glory.